0: Five, four, three, two. Yo, it's your boy T.O. As you know, it's your boy O. Rain, real name, no games, no gimmicks.
1: So, man, we got Fabian here, a.k.a. Walter Long Coat.
2: And we are the Fade Podcast, the one-stop shop for everything TV, media, and film-related, along with any other goddamn thing we want to talk about. Uh, yeah, we're feeling really bullish tonight. I really don't feel like we're we're into the shits tonight. We're not with the fake nonsense tonight. <laughs> you know what? Well, you know what we're going to do, gentlemen? You know what we're going to do? Like, we're going to go straight to it. Straight to it. We've got another press play for you, ladies and gentlemen. We've got another press play, hot, right off the press, like
0: like the I'm legit hasn't even hot out the bitch. I just came from the theater. Like, I, I, I was just there, like yeah. within this hour. I was, yeah. I was
2: Actually, we're reporting from the theater. No, I'm joking. We're not, we're
0: not at all re- reporting from the theater. Shut That's, up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> Yo, um, I gotta tell you guys about this experience that I had. Okay. Let's so get I, that. I, I went solo. Yeah. um And I, I picked seats that. Like you know, you know how you could pick your seat now on the monitor and shit. Wait, why did you pick multiple seats? Were you just like you no, just I said sprawled I picked out a seat? No, you said you said you picked seats. I picked a a seat. Okay, I didn't. There enough. was no S. There was one S. All right. <laughs> 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 anyway, so I, I picked a seat which had like no one around me because I didn't want to be like awkwardly between like two couples. You know what I mean? Like give yeah. people their space. Mm-hmm. Um, I I guess people came in and and picked this like the fucking four seats I had next to me two to my right two to my left oh
2: so you just had people sitting directly beside you
0: yeah yeah I mean and, and to be honest I don't give a fuck I had my hood up I had my, my chips and my drink and, and I was I was cooling you smuggled in some chips no 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 I bought really expensive my drink and my chips were as expensive as the movie ticket <laughs> yeah I think well, I think, I think the movie ticket more. was 825 and yeah. the chips and the drink were like oh, 853 wait how'd you get it for, for that where'd you go Um, I went to Egyptian 14 Motherfucker
2: Yeah it's Fucking landmark over here You have to basically Sell your soul To get a goddamn ticket Yeah
0: I got I got a good ticket price But yeah The the food was just as much It was just a bag of chips With 50% air Were they good? And some juice Yeah it was good (laughs) But um 50% air (laughs) So There I am Sitting Beside, so when I first sat down, right when nobody else was sitting to my right or left, like three seats down to my left was this guy who, he was either mentally ill or he was like on drugs. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I want to believe that he was mentally ill because when I came in, he was talking, right? Yeah. Um, like fairly loudly to where I could understand what he was saying from like three or four seats down, mm-hmm. and. He wasn't talking to anybody. He was talking to himself. Yikes. And I thought he was like maybe commenting on like the you know you know those early previews that they show before the movie actually starts. Yeah, I thought he was commenting on that, but he was legit just talking to himself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy fuck, am I gonna have to list? Is this guy gonna talk the whole movie? Yeah, and then. As the movie, uh, as the movie trailers, like the official movie trailers, um, started to roll, mm-hmm. he got up, he packed up his shit and, and got up, and it looked like he was taking it. It looked like he was gonna go down the steps, yeah, right, and leave the theater. So mm-hmm. he took one step down, stop, and then it was just like, nah, <laughs> I'm not done yet. So he, and he went up into the row behind me, right, uh-huh. and so now he was just over my left shoulder, yeah. and he went and sat next to a couple. Um, And I think this couple just wasn't having it. I think he he did the same thing. He sat down, he started talking and dude was just like, no, this is not happening today. And then, you know, told a dude like, yo, either you're going to stop talking or you. got to leave the theater. All in all, he got his shit and he left. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, crisis averted. But then the people who had the seats, like the two seats to my left and the two seats to my right came and they sat down. Yeah. So to my right was Uh an older black couple, older black gentleman, older black lady. Mm -hmm what holy fuck the most annoying people like do you know how for whatever reason older people like to comment and chat yeah, throughout I the don't movie
2: I think that's just although I do know what you mean I think yeah. that's just people in general when I say people I, I really did just mean black people that's black people. Maybe, no no
0: I've heard like white people talk through through movies and whatnot it's never, not as frequent never heard but, it but, never um, heard it in my life I've heard it yeah. <laughs> but no but this couple I, th- I think it, it's not that they were being like intentionally annoying like, I remember at one scene the lady would be like, Oh, that's such a pretty dog and he would be like, Yeah, yeah, that's a nice dog. Like, shut the fuck up. You know, just watch the movie. We don't need to know your opinions on the lady's dog, right? Yeah. Um uh and then there was a scene in the movie which we'll get to once we uh, you know, officially kick off this press play, uh, that you know, it was just one of the things where they had to comment on a lot of parts of the movies. Was it towards the end?
2: no it was fucking throughout and and yeah in my movie everybody was pretty quiet for the most part with the exception of like towards the end when certain things happen in the movie then everybody's oh my god girl this is what you gotta do and i was just like yeah yeah but like we've we've made it this far guys so the
0: guy next to me you know he would just be like because you know how she had the lincoln navigator that she was driving around in it yeah he was like "Mm, navigator that's clean too (laughs) like Sir, shut the fuck! <laughs> I was literally like, "Yo, this is unbelievable." He's talking about what model it is. Yeah, he's, he's like, "Is that sunroof?" it has got a sunroof. Twenty seventeen model. Don't even look like a gut. Thirty thousand miles on it. Thank you. Clean. I'm like, "Yo, hold." <laughs> and so and then there was just one scene, and I'm sorry, I forget exactly what scene it in, but they start playing um, a Michael Jackson song, like, um, uh, I think it was like P Y T. Um, I don't remember. It it was a uh, it's going to come to me at a certain point but it was like a fairly like prominent scene where they start playing uh, Michael Jackson song right and the guy to my left starts humming the song oh, <laughs> fuck like, mm, why p y t right he's humming this, this shit and i'm like son of a and, bitch and when that scene ended and they stopped playing the song yeah. i thought he would stop humming it uh he continued but like he he knew the song so yeah. he knew how to continue did humming the shit he just, mm, did you follow him morning. home did you do you have his address yeah i wanted Where is to, it? but you know i was Fuck like you know what guy. we, we got to record tonight so <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna follow this guy but i'm like uh, yo and, and, and he kept doing other little annoying things throughout like he would com- he would also comment on shit like uh, no offense to gay people i think he was like a gay guy so he would always comment on like the clothes that they were wearing or their mm-hmm. outfits or whatever uh especially the little um you know, boxer fit chick that they oh, brought yeah. in. Yeah. He like ooh, mm, her sports bra nice. <laughs> like, I'm like, yo, dude, get, th- yeah. get the fuck out of here. So anyway, great movie. I sat between the, who, they had to be like it had to be a plan, like yo. <laughs> He's what we're gonna yeah, gonna do. Somebody sent them for me. Orange. Yeah. <laughs> somebody knew where from I you. was, what I was doing, what seats I would who be sent in, you? sent them. Yeah. I should have grabbed them up, like who yeah, sent yeah. Yeah. But anyway, uh, still yeah. a great movie.
2: Yeah. Um okay. Uh so uh for those who don't know, um, the, uh, the, the, the movie we are obviously talking about is the 2018 movie uh, Widows, uh, directed by Steve McQueen. Uh, and it essentially tells a tale uh, of a police shootout that leaves uh, four thieves dead during an explosive armed robbery attempt in Chicago. Uh, their widows, Veronica, Linda, uh, Allison, Bell, uh, have nothing in common except the debt left behind by their spouse's uh, criminal activities. Hoping to forge a future of their own uh, on their own terms, Veronica joins forces with the other three women to pull off a heist that their husbands were planning. Uh, so that is the uh, central uh, log line slash synopsis for uh, for for widows. Um, so let's just jump right into the goods. Uh, what do we think about the plot? Oh, uh, and by the way, uh, it was written by Jillian Flynn, Steve McQueen and uh, Linda Lop. La... Plante, uh, who I believe she wrote the actual book for yep. that Widows is based on. Yep, that's correct. So, um, so yeah.
0: So, um, the the I like the plot. I thought the plot was uh, it could have went. And, and now mind you, this is not a unique thing, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Bank robbery or job goes bad and then someone picks up the plans and pulls off the job. I think the the unique perspective here is that like these women were forced or kind of like forced into having to do this job that they didn't want to do. Like none of these women were like, hey, I want to I want to pull this job off. I want to enter this life. You know, I I'm doing this for the money. They were like, we're doing this because we have to do it. Mm-hmm. And you know we're gonna get rich if we if we come away with this. Um, so I like that perspective. Um, you know, I I thought it was an interesting plot. It wasn't you know overly original, but it was um, a, a new perspective, I guess.
1: Yeah, the first thing I um I noticed um immediately they uh they um introd the couples. You know, um, each couple had, um, a scene right after other before they really dived into anything too heavy. But the first thing they did was intro the, um, the couples, which I, I thought was pretty cool. Cause it was, we were getting to know them, um, immediately. Whereas, um, where I see other movies, it's not good or bad, but I'll see another movie and you could be 20 minutes in before they introduce, um, some of the other characters that are going to be prominent in the, uh, in the plot. But I felt like as far as the, uh, the couples go, that were doing the job and then the widows left after they got right to telling who they were. Yeah. Um, and you knew all the characters yeah. within
0: like the first five minutes of the movie. Yeah.
1: that, that That's the first thing I noticed. Um, The, the, the next thing that, um that kind of, it made me think a little bit and I, and I don't, and it kind of, it'll go deeper later into really revealing why this happened. But the next big thing that I see is uh, when they shoot the van up, the police, and the first thing that comes to my mind, I'm like, is that murder? <laughs> they just uh, shot the van up; it blew up. I'm like, Jesus Christ! Before they even got the uh, the um the, the door up, they just yeah. started lighting fire. I'm just like,
0: Jesus. But no, Christ. remember he let off two shots. Yeah, he, did he? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that, that so the be. police heard shots, saw the van gate go up. You know, did what cops do? <laughs> <laughs> let them fly. <laughs> yeah,
1: but uh. Uh, th- those are some of the early things I noticed. The other thing that I noticed early on, fool, um, so
0: we're talking about. Did you like the plot? Yeah, I mean,
1: I, he's, I like he's <laughs> just going through all. Of it. Let him go. Going through some notes. Yeah. Um, the the one month time, like I, I noticed that immediately. I was like, why one month? And obviously they're gonna play into this, but and how how will play into how they'll plant it? I don't know. But the the one thing that was that stood out to me was the one month time. That uh the uh the brother, well, I forget his name at the moment. Um, gave um Veronica. Uh, the, Manning. Yeah, the, yeah, one of the yeah, one of the Manning brothers, and he came to her house and is like, "You've got one month," and I'm like, "I know this one month is gonna, is gonna play a pivotal uh a part of the plot." You yeah. know why one month? I don't know, but. Well- because usually they give them like three days you got 24 hours or you got 48 hours
2: well one would think it they give them one month because of the election yeah. that was going on and and that sort of helps uh and then also too like um given they were trying to tie the election closely exactly, with what yeah. they were doing so in order to have all that sort of really Fully sort of flesh out you need More than three days it exactly can't be like yeah. My elections in you know the elections in three days And I need this money it's like no like you got a Month you know and you go through Campaigning and we can see the Inner workings of, of that Yeah, yeah that
0: and, and I think they knew that she Didn't have like money You know she was not the one running these Jobs with um exactly with, yeah. with Her husband played by uh, Liam Neeson uh, Harry Rawlings so they knew that uh, You don't have the money uh, the money died with him, um, and they probably knew that he had some money trouble. So they're like, "But you have assets." Yeah, so it, it felt liqu- different. sell the house, liquidate. You know, sell your jewelry, which you would need time to do. So I think one month was like, yeah, fair.
1: It, it felt different um, than other movies where the pressures put on to pay up someone else's debt. Usually, they someone comes in, and gives someone two days, and it, it just felt smarter, especially once you realize that okay, there's a political tie to it. An election it it just felt smarter than than that typical plot where usually it's like Yo, you got 48 hours to get a million dollars like what the fuck <laughs> like, yeah how's that gonna happen
2: yeah um yeah i i thought the plot was um here's what i'll say uh it it overall i really enjoyed it from you know from top to bottom um, I thought because uh, I was really waiting for what Steve McQueen would do after Twelve Years a Slave. I'd, I never watched Twelve Years a Slave, but I remember seeing a director's panel with uh, Steve McQueen on it, and I just remember hearing how he talked and the things that he talked about and what he was like, what he was bringing to the table. And I remember thinking, oh, I definitely want to see what this guy brings to the table. You know, uh, w- what his next outing is going to be, especially when, you know, uh, a lot of people said that uh, Widows was his most, is, is, you know, and obviously a commercial effort from him. But I don't see Widows more commercial than Twelve Years a Slave because Twelve Years a Slave is sort of like a typical type of you know who who misses with a slavery movie. I feel yeah, like why do people love that. that? Yeah, the <laughs> hell, Twelve Years a Slave. Yeah, they eat that shit up. They, love they eat that, that shit up. Um, uh, Sonius, so so uh, I was really waiting for, to see what he do, uh, did with this, and uh, he didn't really let me down with uh, w- with um, uh, 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 Widows, but. I will say this: there are a couple of uh, points that I I definitely had my disagreements with, and I think the most prominent of which is character motivations. I don't think the character motivations were clear and definite throughout the entire movie, or yeah. logical, right? So the whole um, the whole reason why this is all happening, of course, is because of uh, Liam Neeson's character, um, Henry Rawlings. Henry Rawlings. Yes, yeah, is his name. Uh, so he essentially basically sets everybody up uh and you wonder like i found myself after we found out okay he's still alive yada yada um wondering why he did that right like naturally speaking and they give you very two specific scenes where they sort of are indicating why he did that but these are just one-off scenes so they have the scene where he's with the baby the you know one of the one of one of the women uh one of the widows and he's essentially cheating on her you know or cheating on Viola Davis's character, which is uh, her name's Veronica, in the, in the film, he cheats on Veronica with this other lady. I think Bell is her name, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that was one of his partners' wives or whatever. Yep. You only get that one scene with them. You and never, and it brief, never yeah. really gets brought up again. They don't really. I mean, you it, it hangs over the rest of the movie, but you, you never really explore. It. Like, okay, well, when did this start? How long have they been doing it? What's yeah. going on? Like, what were their plans? Yada yada. Weird. Uh, And then you get the one scene where he's on the boat with uh, uh, Colin Farrell's character, which is uh, Jack Mulligan. um, uh, Colin Farrell's character is essentially like the uh, he is the politician who is like the heir apparent to this ward. Uh, And he's in a, you know, he's in a. um, He's in a race, uh, uh, you know, campaign with, it was a, uh, a Brian Tyree's character, which is a Henry, one of the Manning brothers. Um, and so he's on this boat with him, and they're essentially talking about how, like, oh, like, you know, how they're, what is it, they're about to, like, um, he's trying to get money to uh, Jack Mulligan. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the, the, yeah, I don't know if he owes it to him or whatever the fucking case is. My point is again, one off. It was just a one off thing. So that's the only scene that we get with these two characters. And you're left wondering, what the fuck was that relationship? Well, what happened there? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. how did this start? Would, how long had that been going on? You know, you have all these fucking questions and they don't, like he doesn't, uh, Stephen Queen and, and, you know, Jillian, um, uh, Jillian Flynn uh, never really sort of addressed this throughout the entire, uh, throughout the rest of the movie. So, from that point, I do have my, my troubles with the plot, uh, but overall, for whatever reason, I still really liked it. And I yeah. think it was because of the cast. I think it's because of how strong they were. They are really, really strong cast, and they delivered, you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, with that being said, um, oh, and before we jump to the characters, um, I thought uh, alongside with the plot, the social commentary was spot on meaning that there was a lot of social commentary in this but it never slaps you in the face with it at any point in time it's sort of it's just it's almost like they they build a world where this is a realistic world this is Mm -hmm. shit that just happens in the world and it's not like we're trying to scream at you oh my god look at this injustice look at it's like no they they this is the shit that happens in this world, and so you you feel like you're a part of it, and all the characters are complex, you know, and you know you think Jack Mulligan's the uh, the uh, the antagonist or the or the the bad guy in the film. He's not really the bad guy. Yeah. But at the same time, he's definitely not a good guy. Right. Yeah. And you're you're left struggling like, okay, uh, how do I feel about this character? But all the characters are complex to some degree, like that. Yeah. you know, and, you know what and I really stood out that? to
0: me, which which highlights what you're saying, where like mm. Jack is not, you know, he's not the villain, but he's still a part of the problem. Is the conversation that he had with his father, uh, who's played by, um, Robert Duvall. Robert Duvall. Yeah. Um, where Robert Duval's like. You know, you're not gonna be the first mulligan to lose a campaign race to a nigger, right? Yeah. And then in that scene, like you can see, um, Jack Duvall, uh, Colin Farrell's char- Colin Farrell's character, kind of, you know, kind of like I'm uncomfortable with, um, with that type of language, or you know, ma- maybe like that's not necessary. Like I don't feel that the same way that you do. Because yeah. I mean, Colin Far- is very easy to see. Colin Far- Farrell's character does not love politics, does he? doesn't he really want to be in politics yeah. it's just a family business yeah and you know he kind of like winces when his when his like father says that but he also you know th- that's just the environment that they live in right yeah. which i think is maybe some shadowing to some of the stuff that really goes on in politicians or oh, in yeah. politics oh
2: 100 I, I thought i thought it was very genuine in that respect that You know what do you do in a situation like that where your dad, this person who you've basically looked up to your entire life, who you're essentially inheriting this thing from, is saying shit that you definitely don't agree with, but you kind of, it's kind of just par for the course, right? Like I I think back to when I was a kid, sometimes my dad would say some off the wall shit. I knew I didn't agree, but I wasn't gonna be like, "Now, dad, yeah, (laughs) correct yourself."
1: I I, and I didn't feel strong, strongly that he didn't one hundred percent agree with it because if you go back to the car ride with his wife where he's like um asking her if she'd ever slept with a black guy and then he's like you know what are we really fighting for we're fighting for neighborhoods of uh basically a uh, black people that just they kill each other etc etc everything he was going on so i felt he was torn between what's wrong and what's right and moral values of not necessarily agreeing with his father but not feeling too far off well, from what he was saying. Well,
2: I, I would look at that as two things, right? For one, he did grow up this, right? So it's not too far off to think that, sure, he might have, like, he, he might let the N-word fly every now and then, mm-hmm. you know, off the cuff or whatever. Um, but then on top of that... I think that's talking more about class than it is race. And I think that's the difference between the older generation and the newer generation is mm-hmm. we, the, the older generation has more of an issue with race. The newer generation has more of an issue with class, yeah. you know, and that's the difference. And I, and I think that that might have been something that they were trying to sort of. Yeah, in, yeah. That, in a uh, you probably way, just I hit like, it on the head with that one. I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and, and they had a lot of social commentary, like, you know, their son, um, the, the shooting, and uh, yep. Henry's son being shot uh, by the police, which I thought was a very genuine scene. Like, it wasn't like this the cop's super evil and he's coming in and gunning down the It's like, no, like the cop saw him he reach. He could have
0: easily been reaching for a gun. You
2: know, yeah. and he saw him reach. And he's like, boom, 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 you know, and but that's shit that is going on right now today. Yeah. And, and I thought he captured that really well. It wasn't like you have this evil police, and then you have this really, you know, son or whatever uh, that, that he's, like, the best, and they, they, yeah. they gunned him down. It's just like, no, he's just a normal person going about his day, and then he happened to get stopped by the cops, happened to reach for something when he probably shouldn't have reached for something, got killed, you know? Yeah.
0: During that scene, the old man to my right, uh, of course, he commentated. <laughs> he was like, he was like, hey, you know, it's still going on today, baby. <laughs> and that's, that's, that happened last week. Well, i had no. like, yeah. sir, you know, <laughs> a slight different
1: perspective on that, because as far as it, whether the cop is evil or not, because the first thing he did say was like, I'm going to need you to get out the car. Mm-hmm. And it's like, for what? So that's the first thing that I heard. And then on top of that, him shooting him as he reaches for the golf compartment, not knowing when he's going to go get, <clears throat> but to approach someone. And always any anytime I think uh, an officer, I just asked someone to get out the car. No, I but, always look at that and I say, yeah. For
0: what? So, so, I mean, in that case, I mean, of course, they're gonna want you to get out of the car, right? Because when you get out of the car, it gives the officers permission to then search the vehicle, right? Yeah. If you say I will not get out of the car, you know what is what is the reasoning? Do you have a search warrant for my vehicle? If you understand, know, and exercise your rights, um, then it kind of like reduces the power. Yeah, so
1: you shouldn't have to exercise that many rights for a for some ticket.
2: I mean, like, you shouldn't have to exercise that many rights for to.
1: Get out of the car. Okay, you pulled me over for a U-turn. So or yeah. Whatever. So,
0: so again, the, the thing is, cop pulls you over. Cop tells you to get out of the car. Knowing your rights is what's going to benefit you, and saying like, "No, I don't have to get out of the car. I'm complying with you." No, but
1: I'm, I'm talking about to even ask me. Yeah, in, in the first place. at the beginning, which I'm, I'm, I'm going to just, get out of my car. Yeah, for what?
0: yeah, but what I'm saying here is, of course, I, the cops yeah. are going to ask you to get out of the car because no, 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 that, that gives them no, problems. no, no. The cop stops you and they just no, automatically you ask, to ask out you to car. get. They don't say <laughs> anything. No, no, of they course. Just like, of course, they're not going to ask anybody to do this. But here's a black kid riding around in Chicago, in and no, I, but that's what that's point. That's my He's black, so he asked to it the car so
2: but to that point i think for this conversation right here that's why i love that scene so much because it's subtle in that way it's not like the cops just coming in there hey fuck you black boy and then it starts popping off it was done in a very realistic way that you i'm sure you might have had happen to you at at some point in time you know i mean or you've seen somebody uh, seen it happen to somebody else it's a very um realistic take on that very touchy subject, which I I have to give the writers uh, and obviously Stephen Queen for directing I have to give them kudos for that because yeah. that's that's a very that's a tough thing to to get just right, you know, yeah. because it could easily go one way. Either they could handle it not well at all, or they can go too far, where it's just like, all right, this yeah, dude's a fucking the thing about the movie, yeah You, you know, um, and and so I, I and for a lot of things like that, and then they subtly, you know, the fact that um, Viola Davis's character Veronica, she's uh, black. Uh, Henry Rawlings. Uh, is white, white yeah. uh, Liam Neeson, um, and they don't really bring that up until like the very end, and Where even at like, the end, it's know, a I very subtle line that she
0: says, or fall in love with a white man. Yes, yeah. you
2: know, and, and it was just like thing that was kind of you notice in the movie, mm-hmm. but they don't. Like, fully, like, uh, engage it, it they don't force it on you, and that's that's one thing that I found they did that that very well throughout. They don't force any one subject
0: like that on you, yeah. Going back to the scene where the young man was driving in the car and you know, eventually got uh, shot by the police, um, I had a few questions about that scene, like. Why didn't he have his phone hooked up to the Bluetooth? <laughs> you know, like, why was he talking, like, on his phone? Like, why not? Yeah. That's a 2014. Well, it might have been his dad's car is what I'm guessing. Yeah, I think yeah. it was, yeah. It takes two seconds to <laughs> hook it up. You can play your music through it if he's got Apple music, uh, if he's uh, got Spotify. Well,
2: you know, you don't want to be in a crib and your phone get linked up with the car. Your dad starts the car and he hears all the nasty shit you yeah, say to your girl. That you happens know? when, like, yeah. I, 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 No, it's
1: based
0: yeah. on... You have to be in the vehicle. No, 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 don't don't no, 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 no. no, no. No, be I've, I've been at
1: work, and then like we'll have different company vehicles, and if you're connected and you're close enough, like yeah. you'll be like 25 feet away.
2: They see all that, <laughs> like
0: what happened to the music. They see all that talk. anime
2: porn you're looking at. You know, they yeah. hear all that shit coming through the I don't know <laughs> coming y'all through y'all the speakers. About. When I
0: get in my car, it connects. When I get out of my car, it disconnects. Yeah,
2: your booty there's sloppy. Then the, the, what? The no, range. that's what I wanted to do. I don't. I don't want <laughs> me
0: to be in Chipotle, <laughs> but my shit is still connected <laughs> to the car. No. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I just thought that was very, very weird. Yeah. And, and then he just bust that U turn without
2: even really no, but, looking. But again, that that like, for for as much as I enjoyed the movie, there were definitely some things I thought about it that were just extra convenient or just like straight up just no, this is yeah. Not and and,
0: and uh, I'm highlighting very like specific small things, S- silly things. Like, yeah. He didn't even fucking look. He just hit the U. <laughs> Like, hey, you in the south side of Chicago with the top down? Oh yeah, in a red bend Yeah, no, yeah. Boy, you you're gotta tripping. Head on the swivel. Head be, on the swivel. You, you better get on a uh, Lakeshore Drive. You can't be on <laughs> south side with that. um <laughs> All right.
2: So, uh so I, I think we all kind of agreed that the that they had a really good plot. Mm-hmm. um obviously I have my caveats about that, but all in all, I think I really enjoyed it. Uh, what do we think about the characters? So what do we, what do we, what do we like? What do we we don't like about the people playing the characters as well as the characters themselves?
1: One other thing, um, about the plot real quick that I, that I, um, kind of did enjoy because it comes down to the, to the job, the the heist is that the plan was to eventually rob, um, Jack Mulligan. I just felt like it came full circle as to like what the job is about and what they're going to do. And, um, and I think that's one thing that also kinda went not unnoticed, but they didn't really put that in your face either, like this is the Jack Mulligan job, you know yeah. what I mean? But at the same time it was the Jack Mulligan job without that being the point of the movie per se. Yeah. But uh yeah, that that was one other thing about it. um so but characters though and and I love Viola Davis, um, and I watch a show that she's in, How to Get Away with Murder. Which I love her character.
2: <laughs> it's her goddamn show. She's in been on for years. Faves like I love I love a show that she's fucking <laughs> <she's laughs> the lead of the damn show the entire time.
1: Yeah, no, um, and I love her character in that show and her acting. But um, I did feel like she just she basically just took that, and maybe that's what they asked her to do. But they basically just took that character and put it in a movie because in that movie she has a white husband, um, who dies. And so I made those connections, and she's a very strong leadership role type of woman in that show. And I was like, yeah, it's okay, type- this is basically it's her typecasting. Bro. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but, um... Faye, I don't know if that's what they did
0: because in that show, she's like, uh, isn't she like the district attorney or whatever? She's a lawyer. Yeah, I just think they have white husbands. <laughs> <And> that's like, <laughs> think, but but she does take. I get, on it. I, a get, it. I, get I get, I get, I get famous one. I don't know if they took a character and made a movie of it though.
1: I know I'm not saying they made a movie on her character, but I'm saying they they asked her to play that part. Yeah, like, she's, like, she's do being, that.
0: She's being
2: essentially typecast, which yeah. I don't I don't disagree with. I, I think that yeah, if if if, if you. Certain times, typecasting is just necessary, and I think that for yeah, a yeah, movie yeah. like this, I didn't have any sort no, of no, no, I didn't have problem any problem with it. it but
1: yeah. just being a fan of the show, yeah, you If it. you're a fan of the show, it's yeah. what you think about. If you if you don't watch the show, you probably don't think too much about the the character. But yeah, yeah, okay. Um, I didn't have. I really didn't think much of too many of the other characters. I mean, I think everyone kind of did a good job, but the characters per se, no one really. And maybe it's a good thing. No one really snatched the camera from from anyone else. And I think they did a, a good job at that by having all these other people, like even the husbands um, who are gone are, are, are pretty popular faces and names. And they're just there for a quick second. For instance, the guy who, um, and I forget his name at the moment, who John plays Burned Spawn. On. Yeah, not Spawn, um, um, Punisher. Punisher. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, but they have, a, and then Liam Neeson, who you think at, for the at least for the first 40 minutes is dead but they have a lot of big names in this movie but it's like no one really the the cast for this movie is is the number one person you know so i think they did a good job at um kind of doing that but what that also does is have you not have too strong of opinions on the other characters
0: yeah i mean so so here's a movie right where they have (laughs) very strong male uh Actors: Liam Neeson, John Bernthal, uh, Emmanuel Garcia, Rufo, who is um, an actor. Um, I'm he's like a a, an actor where you recognize his face, you just don't like see his name. But he's done some great films. Um, You have Robert Duvall. You got Colin Farrell. But none of those strong male characters or those you know very well-known male actors outshine Viola Davis or even Michelle Rodriguez uh, in any way in this movie. Um, Even Elizabeth. Debicki, I think her name is. Who yeah. uh, I recognized her, and I was just like, Becky uh, or something." I didn't know from where, then I figured it out. She was the uh, she played Aisha in um, uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy as well as um, Infinity mm. Wars. The the, the the woman in gold. Um, oh, from that yeah, like race yeah. of people who were supposed to be like perfect and superior. Okay, yeah. Apparently yeah. she's
1: supposed to be back. Queen too, Aisha, so I think. See yeah. more of
0: her. Yeah, yeah. Because then at the end of that, they created Black Adam or is it Adam or just Black Adam? Well, yeah, yeah of
2: course she played that character because yeah, the, her height was noticeable throughout yeah, yeah, yeah. the entire movie. She Definitely tall as fuck. Yeah.
0: Um, but my one of my favorite characters, I feel like. Two people who played a small but very significant roles in understanding the stories or motivations of other characters. Um, Robert Duvall, even though he played an old racist senator, um, he was a very strong character. Uh, for, uh, great fucking acting first of all like the arguments I don't and think there was
2: much acting going on there I think that was just really Robert Duvall he was frothing at the mouth yeah so, I don't even think they put makeup on him look he still had like oh, no, fucking yeah. like uh, he had like dandruff or some shit at the top the, of the his head flakes they didn't that you add get that on your head. Well, they Robert Duvall has
0: just been doing this so long it's yeah. so, like Robert here's the script he's like <laughs> I don't need it he's like we're not <laughs> even <laughs> like, I don't need he's it he's like it's we're a- recording Yeah. what's going on he's like it's Wednesday I'll act like it's Wednesday we'll do this in one <laughs> thing <take. Yeah. laughs> um but the conversations he'd have with uh colin or uh, jack right. mulligan
1: definitely highlights of the movie their conversation yeah. 100%. so
0: um you 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 get a real good understanding of like what jack's motivations are or yeah. like you know what what his personal life might be, been have been like or his childhood might have been like right yeah
1: and then you understand his ability to kind of separate that and do what needs to be done like when veronica walks in and jack is like Hey, I don't have time for the meeting. And he's like, Yes, you do. Yeah, you know, really even she sees the black woman who he's basically says, I don't care much for black people in the movie, but when he realizes this is important, he's like, Hey, That's, yes, you do that have That is
2: another example of how delicate they are with the screenplay, right? Yeah. Because it shows that how he really feels about black people, right? he knows he needs all the support he can get right and they do it in this really subtle Mm -hmm. way it's not it doesn't beat you over the head with that fact it's only something you notice if you're just watching it and you're following uh, you're still offended by all the shit that he was saying and you see him talking to this black woman. Well, oh yeah, you, you you absolutely have time to mm-hmm. to talk yeah. with her, even though you know how he feels about black people. T- two minutes ago. Subtle, now it's a very subtle thing. Now was added. it
0: because it's like you know I don't have time for you. You're a black woman, and you know I have other more important things to do, or was? Uh, well, the meeting was
1: or, unscheduled, so he was like, "Hey, you didn't yeah. schedule the meeting." He's like, "No, I don't care if you that didn't schedule or, meeting.
0: or or." You know, it was like, hey, you need the teachers' union behind you. No, no, you. but
2: either way, yeah. you still arrive at the same place, right? Yeah. Like whether he was saying it because he knew she was with the uh, the teachers' union, or because a black uh, yeah. because or, he
0: just needs a uh, another an, an, he like, or, or what better person to have on your side than a black woman exactly. who's a part of the teachers' union? Yeah. So exactly. yeah, exactly, very very, very very smart, smart there. Smart. Yeah. Um, one of the other characters, I mean, um, Brian Tyree Henry, uh, who plays Jamal Manning, who's um, you know, the opponent to, uh, Jack Mulligan. I think he's. I think he's a very good actor who's going to just continue to build and build and build his momentum. So he was in the show Atlanta um, where he plays um, uh, Paperboy. Paper boy. Yeah. Yeah. And then he was in the hotel. Uh, I think ho- Hotel Armatist, um, the movie I saw recently with Sterling K. Shepard and, and uh, Jodie Foster. So he's like building really good momentum. And every film I've seen him in, including yeah. the show Atlanta, I really enjoyed his character. I just want to see him clean cut one time, though. Yeah, I need no, I need just, to see him clean cut. He's just a, I need
2: because every time I see him with the scruffy
0: look, he I just like, hey, what's up, baby boy? But look, look in this, he had the scruffy, He wasn't clean cut, and he was you know he played a someone running for like what was it, governor, mayor, Scrum, no no no, mayor. no no no, he
2: wasn't, was it mayor? No no, it wasn't mayor. It was like the was, something, like dist- the, something uh, of the like, ward. Like, yeah, ward. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, ward, yeah yeah yeah, ward forty three or some shit. Yeah. Um, yeah,
0: but yeah, he wasn't clean cut, and he's he, they were involved in drugs and racketeering and but yeah. Yeah, he was doing no, something. He threw, he threw some so, sauce. He threw yeah. some sauce on that on that role. Yeah, right yeah. yeah um, sure. the, but the second character that I really like um, is the character. Uh, so her name is Cynthia Arivo. Uh, uh, Cynthia Arivo. Uh, she played Belle, who was the uh, black girl, the short blonde yeah. hair, really fit girl. Mm-hmm. I probably liked her just because she was like really good looking and had a great body. But I did. Thi- I loved her first introduction and meeting with Veronica. Oh yeah, that right. Was very... It was like you know when Veronica asked uh, Michelle Rodriguez character to ask her to leave, she was like, you know, you can talk to me. Yeah. Or she you didn't know, even say, you
2: know, she just started, you can talk. Yeah. To and it was like, um, she's going
0: to need a gun. So I got my own, Dang. you know, she was yeah. she certain was, like, established herself yeah. as like, if I'm going to, if I'm not just here to drive, I'm not yeah. just here to, you know, earn a small little check. I'm here as a partner. Yeah. We're going to split this four ways. Yeah. And I'm not fucking around. I, I love that. And then every scene after that, she like supported, right? Well, like,
2: The the scene that taught me the most about her was when, like, actually one of the first scenes we see with her where she's just running, kicking it to the bus. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was like, oh, yeah. I was like,
0: that's all I need to know about this character. (laughs) That scene. So then in the theater I was in, everybody was like, whoa, Jesus. She she had (laughs) wheels. Yo,
2: what was her 40 time? And then, a, and then
1: you see her when they're uh, when they're casing the uh, the house, and then she's yeah, doing she's all the running, acrobats yeah. yeah, she did laps. She jumping fence, up, stuff. Yeah,
2: yeah. She was over- doing that. She, they should have gave her extra. They should have. They should have paid. She she earned some overtime. Just like well, yeah, yeah,
1: thirty seconds of just more of her doing stuff.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. Can you run? <laughs> she was <laughs> like, yeah,
0: I can run. It was like, uh right, do a couple laps. We'll, we'll, we'll film it. We'll see. So happens. Like do some curls in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't uh, the Browns haven't brought her in for yeah. tryouts. Uh, you know, like
2: what can you can? can uh, there's still no. There's still a possibility. The Browns probably reach out to her at some point in time
0: condoleezza rice her who knows (laughs) but we'll talk about that later (laughs) um but yeah so she was one of of my favorite like smaller characters that uh, i think added uh, a lot of value to the film As
1: as far as character motivation i know you you were speaking something on that earlier um when we go to Alice and her uh, reasons for you know wanting to join or not join, I, I think her mother, in a way, is a driving force because her mother lays out her options and it's like, well, she, she Alice says she, maybe she'll go get a job and her mother is like, uh, who played really and, uh, well. Her mother uh, was
2: played by uh, Jackie Weaver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's, she's um, been in a lot of things. she uh, She's a great actress. Yeah. I like her.
1: But she, she basically puts the driving force and saying, no, you, you can't just go get a job like like what are you gonna do like work at rite aid or something like and then she she puts out she lays it out and says hey maybe you can be a a call girl or she lays out these other options but i think that's the driving force for her to to um participate in in veronica's plans because she's like none of these are things i want to do
2: but even with that sure but would that motivate you to possibly face jail time. Like for, for for something that significant, especially something you've never done before, yeah. I think you need some sort of downward pressure, right? Like so what what sort of a- allowed me to be okay with them joining the team? It wasn't any of their individual motivations. It was the fact that Veronica was like, "Yeah, if you guys don't join up, I'm, I'm basically going to ride on you." Yeah. Uh, that uh, was what I was like, "Oh, that, okay." Yeah that's pretty motivating right i don't want to fucking i don't want you to give my name to somebody and then a week later somebody shows up at my fucking door and puts two bullets in my head
1: there's a lot of force and i think veronica also lays out um a a pretty somewhat solid plan that you didn't maybe there's some holes in a lot of things can go wrong but a a decent plan plus what are you gonna do plus yeah the fact that she will go to the police with your names and all that stuff i I do find good motivation um uh what's her face character uh, Michelle Rodriguez, um, the fact that her mur- motivation, besides all, all of that, the going to the police and all that, the fact that her basically husband really left nothing for her. Like he had gambling debts and put her store up as collateral and there are people tearing it apart at it when she walks back into work one day.
0: And she had the most to lose. I mean, she had two kids. Yeah. Um, so for her, it was like her motivation had to. Like I wish they would have mapped out her motivation a bit more than her just being like, "Oh, I don't want Veronica to give my name to these to these guys, right?" Because it's like you know she gives your name, you you have two kids to per- take care. She had the most reason to go to the cops and look for help, um, but she kind of just jumped right into yeah I'm in yeah um so I wish they would have mapped out like
1: well like I said to me I, I thought because the husband had the gambling debts and put her business up as collateral. And didn't really and just left her with more debt. No, but and you see not that, but having a business, I felt like okay, here's something for her to use as a reason. But to, but look, to so like this.
0: I feel like that is maybe assuming a bit of what she was dealing with outside. Because like so, her it, it wasn't her business, right? So the debt to assume wasn't hers, right? Well, no, I think they, it
1: was, but it wasn't once he put up her building for collateral or her business for collateral for his gambling
2: debts. I, no, that's the way it, I saw it. It
0: was the business was not in her name. Right. So when her husband put it up for as collateral, he was putting up his legal business. For but collateral. I guess she was running it. She, yeah. yeah. So so yeah it was like, she was running, running it. She was like, paying, you would still call it yours. She, you would still. But it, legally, it wasn't hers. So it's not yeah. like she still okay. had that debt hanging over her head. Right. So like that, I'm, I'm OK with but maybe that not really. But it's her
1: means out. of. Yeah. I, I, of well, money.
2: Well, I think I, I think to bring it all sort of uh, together here, like I, I, I think that it depends on the person watching it to determine how they, it's specific, uh, specifically about her character, right? Mm-hmm. How they feel, like, so for instance, I can see how you could watch it and be like, shit, if you have two kids, you know, and you're in this situation, and somebody's like, hey, you, you either do this, or I'm gonna go, uh, ratchet you out to these guys who are probably gonna kill you. Yeah, I'd probably go to the cops. I'd probably be like, yo, there's some shit that's going on right now, I don't know what the fuck's going on, but I know my kids
0: can't handle me being in jail or debt." so, yeah. Because um, her, in that scenario, right, her decision is, all right, if I go to the cops, um, maybe I get some help from the cops um, in, in protecting my kid from these, like, gangsters, right? Yeah. Or if I uh, work with Veronica and, and we do this job, then I go to prison or maybe even end up dead and my kids yeah. don't see me anyway. Exactly. One seems to be the better option, like, going to the police and yeah. maybe looking for, like, help. Yeah. Um, the others either in jail or dead or this but magic high school. But I can perfectly. see how
2: you can see it either way. Like if you have this uh, business that is pretty much your source of income mm-hmm. and it's being stripped away from you and that just happened, I can see how you can be kind of fucked up in that situation. I'm like, I have to do something. And if this opportunity just comes to you out of the blue, where you can suddenly be a millionaire
0: overnight. Yeah, I don't know. So, uh, so I can I can see it both ways. She yeah. had some money though. She had that um, Subaru Legacy, which is you know all wheel drive. <laughs> Screams money. And uh, I think yeah, she had yeah. the leather interior. And she was hiring um, sitters too. Yeah. A, a, a sitter overnight—that's three hundred dollars yeah. for that one night. Three hundred dollars. Yeah, two to three hundred dollars for a good sitter for just for a night. Are you drunk?
2: Was that Veronica's money? though Sitter. Oh wait. Okay. I guess out of all of us here, you would know what. Yeah. Calls it. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> <it's> it. Especially <laughs> overnight. Three hundred overnight. Yeah, because I'm in the wrong business.
0: Right. Yo, sitters make bread just to sleep. What, what, are, they, what are they called? The uh, au pairs? Oh, au yeah. Pair? Au pair. Au pair. Yeah. Like, to live in people who like raise your kids for you when you have too much money. Yeah. You yeah. know I don't speak Spanish. It's French. I, I,
2: I was yeah, yeah. I was making a anchorman joke. Never mind. Terrible. Um, Terrible. It was it was. If you watch Anchorman, you know. All right. So uh, to give you, not to spend too much time on the characters, but to give you my sort of uh, you know uh, my MVP awards as well as uh, you know uh, offensive player of the year awards um, for MVP of the movie. Um, I think it's a toss up. I think I'm I'm struggling between Viola Davis's character and Robert Duvall's character. I think that they both brought something just something else to the, to the, to the screen that everybody else didn't a certain height of urgency, a certain, um, a a certain realism that I I think everybody else was really good, but they, to me were the standouts. Um, and then my offensive player of the year has to go to Daniel, uh, Kaluuya, uh, who played, uh, one of the Manning brothers. I I think his name is, uh, Jatme, 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 Something, yeah they gave him something difficult to pronounce. Um, uh, he was frightening in this movie. Yeah. Every time he came on the screen, I was like, "Oh fuck, somebody's going to get stabbed up. Somebody's <laughs> going to get shot. Yeah. Somebody's going to get their leg broken." And I'm actually really happy with how his story arc ended. Where it's like, "I did it." You know, finally he cracks a smile for the first time in the movie. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, I did it." And yeah. then he literally he just dies like two seconds later. And it was a very fitting end for his, uh, for his character. And um, the
1: scary part about his character. Is how smart he actually was. Like, he wasn't just like the muscle that's, uh, I'm just here to break your arm. Like, he was smart. I mean, you hear him l- riding in a car listening to what's that one? Uh,
0: he was listening to like some type of motivational Rosetta Stone speaker for
1: um, Oh, he was like listening to Spanish language teaching Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah so, so
0: there was two scenes where he was listening to two things One, he was listening to like a motivational uh, Oh, yeah, pro-black yeah, yeah. Um, motivational speaker and then in another scene he was listening to um, like, yeah, like a Rosetta Stone where he was learning like
2: Again, Spanish or Again, complex characters even with this basically uh, he's the muscle of the movie right? Yeah. He's the person who's like okay, the henchman getting everything done Even as a henchman he's still a complex character. Yeah. And, and, and I you still like love him too. Yeah. Um, uh, and for my honorable mention, I'll, I'll say Garrett uh, uh, Dillahunt, who played, um, he played the driver, I forget his name at the moment. Oh yeah. Uh, Bash. Um, Bash, yeah. I think so, yeah. Um, I gave him the honorable mention because he has a very sort of small part in the mm-hmm. movie, but he plays it really well like they I, I i don't know if he's autistic or what he's he had a knack, something something, to something him, yeah. was wrong with them you know but they never really dive into it and i think they might have briefly somewhat mentioned it a little bit or hinted at it or something um but he plays it so well that you're you're not really asking he's not over the top with it he's not like struggling to walk or some shit you know it's just you know something slightly off with them yeah but you
0: know he has um uh he has like either information or obviously you know he was the driver right and the driver yeah. always knows something yeah the driver um, does everything yeah and, and he he was loyal too he was loyal to Henry Rawlings. absolutely yeah. um and he, even after Henry uh, died uh, supposedly he yeah. was still loyal to Veronica too yeah. um so yeah his, his character had meaning he, he he was he played that character well yeah uh, and I was I was sad to see him go too. Hey, but he held it down at the end. Yeah. I, he, pretty, he didn't give it up. He knew he was going to die. Yeah. He, didn't, uh, he obviously didn't tell them anything that they could have used against him. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And uh, I should have mentioned this from the
0: beginning. The, uh,
2: the casting is by Francine um, Masler, uh Mickey Pas- Pascal, and Jennifer Rednicki. I don't know. Something pronounced like that. Um, Shout out to them. Yeah, so they they were responsible for the casting for the film. Uh, On briskly to cinematography, what are our thoughts? And the
0: the cinematography for the movie was done by Sean Bobbitt. So there was one scene that might be one of my favorite movie scenes of the year. Mm. It was after um, Colin Farrell's character with his assistant, um, they left the... um, Yes They left the Like the, the small rally the They best had for scenes. MWOW One of the best um, scenes I've ever seen What is that The minority women the, yeah, M-Wow, yeah Of whatever Yeah, yeah. so they, they left The MWOW rally Where he was um, uh, Kind of uh, Caught by surprise By the journalist Who was asking him Questions about um, You know Funding for like a, I guess a train Something yeah. uh, The, the Transport- green line The green that, line Yeah uh, something like that, that they, Right yeah. So they hop in the car And instead of the car You know cutting back and forth to each character as they're driving or maybe like a, a camera mounted outside the window of the car where you see the characters having that conversation. All you get is strong, continuous dialogue back and forth between Colin Farrell and his assistant. And
2: that was like the first time that we actually hear her talk. Yeah. Yeah. Strong and, and, character.
0: And great great dialogue where she's like, man the fuck up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and then and then all you're getting is uh, obviously you can tell like the camera was mounted on like the hood of the vehicle Yeah, and it's showing... A small amount of the vehicle showing like the scenery, like where you can kind of tell, like, you could very easily tell that they left the, the hood, yeah, and then they were driving to a very like prominent, well off neighborhood, right? Yeah. So, you get that, but you also hear this strong, very intense, very real conversation yeah. between Colin and his assistant. And that scene must run, what, 15, 20 seconds, if not more, and probably a little more, maybe, maybe a minute, maybe if it runs a minute, just a yeah. minute of great dialogue. Um, continuous shooting and like as they're driving like the the camera's shaking and you know like this is this is real shit this they're really driving this car the car isn't up on like a flatbed of a truck and the truck is moving they're really driving the car they're really having that conversation in the back one of my favorite scenes that I've seen in a movie Uh,
2: it was it's the only scene that I can can't stop talking about right because it said so much with doing so little right Um, they're having this really frank conversation about um, you know uh, Jack Mulligan's sort of um, run what he's doing you know how he's going to proceed and how they feel about the communities that they're trying to help and you see it's not it's this thing where sure I think he deep down wants to do good but at the same time he's just like it is what it is like whatever what are you going to fucking do you know these people are how they are you know Um, and the beautiful thing that they did was they slowly panned from one side to the other right but when they pan right uh, it, it, they start off with when they are basically in the hood right mm-hmm. um, and you see the transition it's when they transition to th- where Jack lives this gated community everything's fucking The, the uh, I remember talking to somebody earlier today and we were talking about how when they were doing the uh, the MWOW the, 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 the um, rally or whatever the fuck it is that they were doing the grass was fucking not cut, you know, mm. it was fucking tall as shit. And then you drive into this neighborhood, and when they transition over, you see how everything's just cut clean, everything's in its right place. Yeah, it's all people nice. working on the yards, people it's working on pristine. it, you know. Um, so you see the disconnect between the person running for the race and the neighborhood he actually lives in compared to his quote unquote constituents, you know, right? Um, you see that there's this wide chasm that is just like. What are you even doing? And the fact that it's a legacy, uh, uh I don't know, position or seat or whatever the, the, the yeah, it is it's that not even with.
1: that he used to live there and moved out. Like exactly, he's, he's never always exactly,
2: <laughs> and it's the position that he's in is basically it's all nepotism, right? Because I think that's even something that they even said in the film, right? Yeah, that she was it's like, it's like, nepotism passed down isn't a crime. This exactly. is Chicago, where,
0: where it's like. Families with money have have always ran Chicago in one way or another. Exactly.
2: And I thought that that scene said so much about all of that without doing much of anything. All, yeah. all it is is a slow pan, you know, and uh, the, the audio of the conversation that's happening within the car, you mm-hmm. know, that you don't actually see the two people talking remotely. And, and I, th- I thought it was just a brilliant, perfect scene that, uh, again... I questioned some of the motivations for some of the characters in the movie, but I left the movie extremely satisfied. I thought yeah. Steve McQueen did some really great things, and uh, you know, uh, Sean Bobbitt, uh, who was the uh, cinematographer for the film, uh, I thought they, they they mixed it up a lot. And even the, like the, the the one striking scene I could say outside of that was the very beginning, where you have uh, Henry and Veronica in bed together, and you think, oh, okay, we're just gonna see like, and then all boom you 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 pop right into and i and i love it when a movie doesn't give you time to figure out what the fuck you're doing what's going on what's happening when they just throw you into the fucking fire um and you're left to figure out shit where are we exactly and then they get into it and then they start explaining shit but i love it when they pull your attention from the beginning you don't have time to think about anything else you're in it you know uh and i I thought that was that was great so i i've got a follow-up thought but
0: i'm gonna let you go
1: oh um besides uh some of the um like the, the scene you had mentioned and i think the scene where jack and um uh the one brother uh what's his name jamal
2: ja, or or jack and jamal
1: jamal J- jamal, jamal um, yeah. th- those there were some of those scenes where um were great conversation i think the setting is great like um them doing it in the church um mm. this like church that doesn't look great you know what i mean like yeah. that at least that office where the, where they're at it kind of looks like a, a church that your, your regular neighborhood church, yeah. a ton of money going through there. So it kind of paints the picture of of what they're really fighting for here. Um, So I think they had great scenes like that. But other than that, I don't think too much jumped off the page at me. And I don't think that's for better or for worse. Uh, I just don't think there was too much uh, from a cinematography
0: standpoint that
1: I that hit me.
0: Pretty yeah. Far, one one of the other things that stood out to me was like how many close-ups they had, right? Mm. Uh, especially of Viola Davis. Like I remember the the scene where um, uh, she w- like she's I guess imagining that uh, Liam Neeson's character in bed, yeah. and then her hands are like kind of gliding across the street, and then it, it 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 kind of comes to a side angle where you see her laying in bed by herself, like you know where. And I think this is when. Before she'd found out that um oh yeah before, that he'd yeah. been murdered, mm-hmm. she's like she's kind of like where are you like like thinking like where is he where is he he didn't come home yeah um that was really interesting yeah and then there's another scene where uh, I forget exactly what it was I'm not sure if she was crying but it's just a close up of her lips for like seven seconds yeah um and then there was another close up oh of like, uh,
2: it's when she uh she uh, when they're at his wake mm-hmm. um and she just lets out this like yell. Yeah. after yeah, that, yeah. that
0: that scene was and she's like getting herself together. Yeah. She's like wiping her tears in a mirror. Mm-hmm. Um and then there was another scene. I think it was like towards the end of the movie where it has like that really close up of um re- like really intense close up of her eyes to the point where you can see each individual um hair uh eyelash. Hair what what is it called? The hole where the hair comes out of. Those like a hair follicle or oh, Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Hair is it a pore? Is it a follicle? I don't know. follicle. I think <laughs> that's the word you're looking for. Yeah, is it follicle? Follicle sounds right. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> but so these very intense close-ups, which like show a lot of emotion, yeah. in in her character, um, and it's just like great use of the camera. Um, I I loved how and in in those close-ups, right? I love how it like just captures. The character or or at least like the feature of the character that you want to see and very little of the background and forces you to really like the scene with her lips right where they just show the close up and I think she's crying like you just have to pay attention to that. There's nothing else in that scene to pay attention to and I love that like and then she's just giving you raw emotion. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, the cinematography
2: overall was uh, was was great. It did a nice job of mixing it up and not keeping it stale at any one point in time. And yeah. uh, they, they, they did some different things, even with a heist film. You don't really think of a heist film as like this, like creative landscape where you can show a lot of different things and do a lot of different things. But somehow they found a way to interject a lot of different um, camera angles, a lot of different um uh, uh a lot of different atmospheres that they set and you know with some of the settings such as like the church that they were running the uh campaign out of um you know perfect you know yeah. it's, it's it's a perfect place you know and and i remember the uh the 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 scene uh the church scene where the the, the pastor is like you know giving that that really like stirring Ooh, speech right great. and then you find uh, out he's a scumbag like directly after that and i think it's purposeful that they start out with a really a close up of him right mm-hmm. and then when you find out he's a scumbag the camera is really disconnected and now it's now it's backed up now it's now it's further away because now you're starting to get the entire picture yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, uh, of the whole thing and I think yeah. when they do neat stuff like that I always appreciate it so, so
0: like I said I wanted to jump back to the car ride scene really quickly yeah. um it reminded me of a scene from uh black black Klansman, right where um they're at the uh, kkk Wait,
2: you watched black canman
0: uh like two nights ago well after this uh, guy well after i was we were supposed to um but anyway so they're at the you know rally or convention or the dinner party where henry duke um is there you know you're the dinner party and then they have the black staff members right and then the dinner party it's the dinner so uh dinner party uh uh What's David Duke's character comes down to David Duke? Oh, in black, I was very lost as to which movie you're talking. Yeah. I was
2: like, David Duke was in this
0: movie? Yeah, and then Where? he's he's giving a speech about like white supremacy and white power, yeah. and mm-hmm. then he, it shows the two um waitresses or servers, yeah, the, the two white women. And they're super excited, and then like it goes to the black servers. and they're all just standing. And then there, like, one the guy fun. leans over to the other guy like, "If I had known this was a Klan <laughs> rally, I wouldn't have took this job, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right?" Yeah. And then that scene kind of reminded me of this of the scene where um Colin in, uh, in Colin Widows. Farrell yeah. uh, in Widows uh, where Colin Farrell and his assistant were driving and you're hearing the audio but one of the things you notice is the driver of the car yeah. is black right mm-hmm. yeah and then, ah, I didn't even notice that yeah and then yep. you know I, I, he had to be thinking like these motherfuckers motherfuckers but well, yeah. I need this job Um yeah. and then. You know, after that conversation where Collins asking her, "Have you ever slept with a black guy?" and you know they had that conversation for a bit, and then when they arrive at Collins' or uh, Jack Mulligan's estate or property or whatever, they he you know he gets out the car. He says, "Thank you, John." Um, To me, that was very interesting. That that might be some like a a bit of a social undertone as well, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, they'll speak about you. You know, these these people who are in power, who are like you know, racist or prejudiced, whatever. um, they, They they'll Talk about you like dirt, but, you know, your the service that you provide for them, um, it's either needed or, um, I don't really know what the word for it is. But, like, obviously he was concerned with or interested in whether or not she'd ever slept with a black guy. His driver well, the, was a black guy. They're
2: disassociated, right? Like, because... Yes, you, you I, can, I think that's the word I was like looking for. you can... One hand be like, man, fuck these guys, but at yeah. the same time, you're like, oh, but that one's good. Yeah, like, It's like he's he's you know, all right. He's a got goddamn God niggers That's down a really good one. And then, yeah.
0: but the drivers are black guy. They're like, yeah. thank you, John. Yeah, yeah. you know, I, I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, yeah, um, very, and, very. Again, interesting. it just reminded me of Black Hat Klansman, that particular scene. Yeah. Um, 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 but yeah, solid cinematography. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I think solid all around. I really, uh,
2: really enjoyed that. Um. All right. Moving on to the soundtrack. Who uh, I didn't know this ahead of actually doing my 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 research on it. Hans Zimmer did the fucking score for uh for for this film. Which yeah, tell me who that I'm is. Not, yeah, I'm not, I'm sure you guys don't know who he is, but very famous. Uh, um, uh, um, I, I guess you would call him a um, ah, uh, what would you call him? Uh, he makes a lot of scores for a lot of different movies. This is this is the easiest way I could say. It. Yeah. Um, but he's done great stuff. Uh, like um, Interstellar. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much all of Christopher Nolan's Batman movies, he did the uh, the Ooh. score for. He did the score for Man of Steel. Ooh, so um, he's got
0: he's got clout. Yeah,
2: no, he's he's probably the most well known. Um,
1: Actually, I think I did see a, a piece on him, and it might have been like on IMDb or mm-hmm. or something. A quick like three minute piece about something, but yeah, it sounds familiar now that you yeah. talk about him.
2: And 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 I I did like the uh, I thought they mixed did he do it video up. game stuff. He might have. He probably did. Yeah, I would have, I would have to assume he's probably done something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, they mixed it up as far as the uh, the, the, the score for the for the film. Um, it, obviously given, you know, the nature of what they were dealing with, where they were in Chicago, mm-hmm. I thought it was very Spot on, but also to have it jive with who Veronica was to have a jive with who Liam Neeson's character was with, you know, uh, Jamal, uh, uh, the, the Manning brothers, you know, to have all those sort of elements. in I thought they did a very smooth job in helping to balance all of that energy. Yeah. You know, it
0: wasn't overwhelmingly Chicago. Like you didn't yeah. hear a lot of like Kanye or no. Sometimes Common you heard some classic or, music, you know. Yeah. You know, there, there was a lot of um, what I did notice. There was a lot of like instruments, a lot of like, um, uh, you know, a lot of piano, a lot mm-hmm. of like string instruments using it. Not as much um, like like heavy, like beat or bass or yeah. electric um, uh, again uh, to to compliment Veronica's character and the life she was coming from. Yeah. But also, you know, there are other characters, Michelle Rodriguez's character, the um, um, uh, Elizabeth. That was not her name in the movie. uh the, the blonde oh uh, shit what's her name um Alice yeah so Alice and and all of the different types of music did not overshadow the film in any way there's only like one or two times where I really where the music really stood out like the Michael Jackson yeah. song and I forget exactly well, where we that to was that one, yeah. um, but you, like, yeah, you just have to notice that,
2: that. You know? yeah I, I, I didn't yeah I didn't pick up that one I don't know why
0: yeah because um, usually I would be able to it's, it's going to come to me at the worst time MJ's it's going to be like you know, fucking 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. Oh, yeah. um,
2: And then, I, uh, what was also striking for me was the song at the end. I thought it was very blatant and it cut right through, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I can't remember how the song goes exactly, but it's just, I remember this woman just belting this song uh, and it's just, I don't know, it, it makes you feel this, like the the movie ended on such a somber note mm-hmm. that, yeah, you know this, and I feel like this song sort of captured that. You know where it's just like, yeah. Was it, it, doesn't the, was it well? the scene outside
0: of the restaurant or the scene? Like I, where... I think it plays
2: throughout the entire, or maybe it was just at the end. Mm-hmm. Maybe I, I don't know. I, I forget what which it was, but I, I just remember this song. Uh, this, this woman just she just belting this song, and you're left with a kind of weird feeling in your gut. Like I think that ended well. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like and I, and I think that that's how. Uh, that that's how the movie ended for me was i'm like i think i like where the character sort of ended up but yeah. also not like you know uh, one of them got shot you know the uh uh um you know uh uh sure they got the money but i'm sure it was Michelle
0: Rodriguez's character who no no got no shot, it was right? Alice yeah. who got shot Alice. yeah okay. hey, she, she yeah. obviously recovered
2: yeah she i don't know how she did though uh she seemed very very frail yeah very very thin yeah. i don't uh i don't know low, how low, uh, uh, yeah. Blood, she I'm white sure blood cell count. Sure she's. <laughs> I'm sure she lost a lot of blood, you know. Uh, she needed a couple of uh, transfusions to uh, help her out, but yeah. uh but yeah. Um yeah. Uh did, did you have anything for Um audience? no,
1: um yeah, I kind of felt I mean, I liked it. To me, it, it wasn't too um I think they could have did obvious things like obviously this was uh the town with Chicago. They they didn't hide that at all and they could have easily went to the musical route to also throw that in your face but they didn't like there wasn't a ton of uh house music or or rap music or things that screamed chicago chicago with more than just the uh than the setting of the film did and and their conversation just low-key instruments just kind of quiet not not too much in your face yeah. um but the one the one um scene that I did like as far as any type of music or anything goes and it, it goes back to uh uh, a scene with Jatam, um, whatever his name is, um,
2: Daniel uh, Kaluwa. Uh,
1: Jatel Manning,
0: played by Daniel, yeah,
1: Kalu- 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 I, I, Yeah, I, let's I go forget how. Yeah, um, one of his, his scenes that made him so great. It makes you oh, want to see the, the rap movie. scene. Yeah. but yeah, but he's like, yeah, do, yeah, do yeah. your rap for me. And then so that was one part where it just kind of features. <gasps> Music in a way, and
2: that's another cinematography thing where they just kept spinning, yeah. And you knew it was coming, right? I knew you, I wanted to see
1: that movie yeah. based on that scene. He made me want oh, that, to see that. The was movie in a alone. Tra- that was in the trail? Yeah, okay. Um, I didn't, I didn't. One, of, one of the trailers or commercials I was seeing, just him, his stares, or how he looked. Yeah. I wanted to see it based on that, but um, just, just that scene kind of as uh, I don't know how much it really you would add that to the score, but it, it was a, a somewhat of a musical scene. But that that was one of my um, favorite scenes, and, yeah. I, and I really like the, uh, <laughs> the 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 Hubble the Hubble scope line he did. What did he say? Uh, Hit you with them scopes, get your Hubble up or something like that.
2: Oh, from the guy who was spit. <laughs> the guy yeah, who was oh, rapping. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah,
1: like, yeah. okay, like somebody actually took time to yeah. actually write. He,
2: he had yeah. bars, like though. some yeah. bars. No, he was like, <laughs> It wasn't just trash. <laughs> Too bad like, those were the last bars yeah. he ever, yeah,
0: <laughs> ever <laughs> spit. <laughs> if ever I'm in a situation where somebody blasts one of my homies and then tells me to run. And I know they're going to shoot me in the back. Yeah. I'm usually have to shoot me in, in the chest, in the face. Cause I'm not going to run and then just get wet up in the back I, of the head. I, I, like I really don't feel like
2: there are any good options in that case. There so are I'd either. rather <laughs>
0: stay than run. Cause at least maybe staying, they know I'm like not a coward. Hey, yeah. Hey, I could work for y'all. You know. <laughs> y- y'all niggas hiring. Hold on now. Hold on. on. Yeah. Is your job but,
2: posted on Indeed? Is yeah. it? You, feel like,
1: uh, you feel like um the the dirty cop uh in a uh, Scarface. Wait one minute.
2: <laughs> oh, Wait, yo. yo that minute. was one of the funniest death scenes ever. Because <laughs> yeah. he had so many emotions in a short amount of time. Where yeah, he was that's like, definitely one of my favorite Scarface like, oh, scenes. You're nothing. You know, and then all of a sudden he's like uh, that. Wait a minute here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, "God damn it! Wait one minute." <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just saying, if that wasn't me, yeah. I'm not running.
0: Yeah. I mean, if I'm going to die either way, I'm. De- I'm definitely not going to die running. getting yeah. shot in the back.
2: Fair enough. Um, all right. Any uh, any other extra notes uh for the film? Um, I know, I knew just, you had some. Just uh, no, no, not oh, too yeah, much. Just something. um, <laughs> an overall
1: movie that I enjoyed. I think the one thing I, I really like about it is they how they don't put anything in your face. I mean, this is a major uh cast and they don't even put that in your face like none of the characters are too in your face um the music the score not in your face nothing crazy with the cinematography it's just like we could have easily like made this uh, a thing that 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 we want to highlight or feature or do this with that but it's all just like hey look we're, we're, we're playing this low-key we're, we're, we're playing this cool we want to deliver it to you this product that has a lot going on but from the social commentary to 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 the cast to the to the score of it nothing's really in your face just take from it what you want and there's a lot of like there's a lot of different things to interpret different ways like some of the things we've talked about today where we felt one way about it versus another Uh, they do that without saying this is something you need to debate about you know what i
0: mean yeah yeah i mean overall i think it's a good movie and i think you just kind of said this like the 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 cast itself like Liam Neeson, Colin Farrell, um, uh, Viola Davis, te, uh, Henry Duvall. None of those characters are put. Uh, Robert Duvall. Uh, Robert Duval. Yeah. None of those characters are put in front of the film. Yeah. Um. And I and I love that. Yeah.
2: Uh, I think that goes to the, to to the point that you know when you're looking at the all of the elements of filmmaking, the central thing that the glue that holds everything together that I think sometimes is forgotten is the story the story holds everything together. Yeah. And so if you ever put any one thing in front of the story, whether it be the cinematography, whether it be the music, whether it be, uh, the characters the, or the people who are playing the characters, if you put that in front of the movie or the story, um, then your, your chances are your film's going to be a shit film, yeah. you know, or it's only going to be one, known for that one thing, right? If it's got really strong, a strong cast and you put that cast in front then I don't really remember anything about the plot, but I know fucking Viola Davis was in it, you know, um, uh but uh to give my wrapping thoughts uh, uh wrapping up thoughts about the the film um again very uh deliberate film um you know uh i know um Steve mcqueen spent a lot of time uh trying to make this film um and and he didn't uh he didn't he didn't come up short i think i think he he had one for for uh he he has one on his hands uh but it's a shame i think what's happening with with it at the uh, the, the theaters that uh, it's yeah, not doing well agree. um but i i think and people are going to be people are going to use this as some sort of mark of oh that's why you can't make movies like this it's like no like you can definitely make movies like this and sure you're not going to like make back a shit ton of money you know um but you're at least going to make a product that's people can in the future be like that was a fucking yeah. And, and I think
1: it's something, sorry, um, I, I think it's something that might catch on later. Because yeah, um, what from, I from what I yeah. heard, even I, the person I went to go see it with, they didn't know anything see, about the They movie. didn't see a trailer or commercial yeah. or anything. So it might be something that'll just catch a steam uh, later um, than early. And I hope that's what happens.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, that's I was going to say that same thing. Um, I hope I'm hoping this film has a second wind. Yeah, um, maybe maybe first week, first two. It's weeks. it's not uh, uh, Creed I, I two coming out no. next week. Uh, everybody's gonna forget uh, about
2: about. Damn, they can't push that back. No. I'm just surprised <laughs> though
1: because I I don't feel like there's nothing in theater that's right now. That's like, and I know Creed two is dropping next Wreck-and week, and Ralph, I think that's just gonna. Rick Ralph yeah, two
0: comes Ralph out. girl um in the spider's web. Yeah, it Creed just came 2 out, is coming yeah. out.
1: I don't know, fam. Uh, that's out right now. Are those out now? The,
2: no, the girl with the, uh, girl, and the, spider's, girl the spider's web, web is out, out right now
1: yeah but but like is that a movie people are running to see that i, I would just no no i'm saying but it's, it's occupying thought,
0: the same space yeah. as this film like, yeah a star I, is born the movie with um lady yeah. Gaga. yeah lady i just Cooper's see what's out theaters. now and i'm
1: like and there's not so much that like i would like i need to see more than this and i, I kind of when i saw the numbers i was like well everyone went to go see those movies instead yeah. it kind of yeah i think a, it opened at number
0: five on yeah. the, in the box office yeah, yeah. something like that yeah, yeah. Yeah, Which but um, like, it's definitely so, getting a press play for me. Yeah, so,
2: absolutely. no, 100%. And like usual, we press play on uh, Widows, and I, I hope you guys do too. Uh, go check it out. Let us know what your thoughts are of the film. Um, it, definitely a film that uh, you, you know, when you watch it, just watch it. Just let yourself experience it. Just let it e- soak everything in. Um, don't be distracted with your phone. Don't, you know, worry about, you know. Don't
1: watch it. Uh when you're sleepy tune day and stuff like that i, I purposely didn't i purposely <laughs> yeah, didn't good although
2: it was later in the day but i made sure you know i had a couple of red bulls i was good to go a couple Jesus. yeah yeah red bulls don't work for me I, I, I found out uh i don't know what it is about you coffee. just gotta believe
1: yeah. in it uh, i found with a lot of these energy and coffee like a placebo drinks. is what you're saying like yeah it's, it's a, just like just, uh, just get you okay. a coffee
2: yeah no uh coffee's garbage um okay uh, do we want to do more? Because I know Araine's probably you know itching at the finger to to get out of here.
0: You guys can continue uh, yeah. for our listeners. Uh, yeah, has gotta go. Beyond watch this team. point, you will not uh, hear undersurf. my soothing, charming uh, voice. Uh, I must make a departure. I don't like what you said. Of that. Things on the deck, but I, I'm <laughs> yeah. fine with. Uh, are you Are you leaving, leaving or are you just going upstairs? I'm departing. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, in that case, of this location. Yeah. All right. Deuces. Peace. Peace. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for having me. Uh, <laughs> as do, is that even uh, twice a week? Okay. Every every week? Yeah, for months. Are
2: you are you saying that's <laughs> us? Thank you for having you, or or the, uh, listeners? The, the thank listeners. you for having oh, me in okay. your
0: ears as well. Which uh, yikes, is
2: not uh, you don't really you don't, that don't sounded get that weird. Much. It sounded very weird. Yeah, thanks for having. Thanks me Thanks for having, your having me in your ears. Mm. Uh, I'm pretty sure some people just unsubscribed. <laughs> I hope not. Yeah. All right. Um. All right. What we got next? Um.
1: What's up, what's up? 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 Um, what's up with Condoleezza Rice? What's
2: up with the Browns? i uh, look, man, I don't know. I don't know what to make of this situation. Uh, apparently, Condoleezza Rice is on the short list for the Browns' head coaching positions. I don't even know what you even. Where do you begin? Where I don't do know. you Where do you start with that?
1: And, and then the, the the when I first saw it, the 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 first thing I thought was I thought about her football experience and what she's because I I know she had a stint where she was either a part of or an advisor in the 49ers front office so i'm like okay
2: but it's simply preposterous to be a head coach to that's be a way a different head thing. coach and i've never I think, had a head coaching yeah. position before i don't even know how much you know about football right and i'm not even saying that because she's i'm definitely not saying that because she's a woman um i'm saying that because you're not in football right there's some of these people who are getting these, these younger and younger people who are getting head coaching positions in the league I'm looking at them like my dude you've been in the league like, two, like Mike Vrabel right sure he's played linebacker and you know he's had tons of year in, years Smash in the league yeah he, he did i, I look I, i'm not talk, i'm not arguing with the results i'm yeah. saying from the beginning right like what would possess a team to be like you know what this guy who has very limited because being a head coach it's not like being a fucking assistant coach or what. you have so much shit you have to juggle and all responsibility falls on you at the end of the day so if somebody else somewhere else is making a poor decision that comes back to you and are you going to tell me this linebacker for many years uh knows exactly how to handle certain situations. I don't know that, but I know the experience would indicate as such, right? If you're in the league for a number of years, but the fact that there, this is even like a thing that's even to me,
1: to me, it's not the age thing at all, because I think there's tons of uh, examples that, that say that that's not the thing. Um, Whether it's from a GM or coaching perspective, you look at the Rams coach, um, I, I know my team is shit right now, but you look at our team and we, we're still fighting because because of our head coach. Um, when you look at even are from the yeah our guys out still there fighting no you hear no talks about quitting in the locker room. None the of paycheck that. at the end. Of the <laughs> yeah, but you hear those talks about quitting on coaches and what the locker room is. You don't hear any of that. And then even when you um you think about uh, from the GM perspective um and I forget his name the 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 young guy that. That brought like two uh, World Series titles to to the Boston Red Sox, and then he moved. He went to Chicago and bought them. Uh, um, brought them a um, championship, and this guy was like thirty five <laughs> when he when he did all of that. And then even the Orioles now they just hired some guys like thirty five to be their GM. So it, it's yeah, not I, an again, age thing I'm, for me. I'm not, but I'm it's not uh,
2: arguing with the fact that sure the results are yeah. there. There are people who have bucked that ideology, right? there's something to be said for experience even if it you're just coaching on the collegiate level like right and you've coached for a number of years on collegiate level and then they call you up to the big leagues right that's a head coaching position at the very least right that's not you're not some assistant you're not whatever you you have experience managing all these balancing all of these um you know different um different elements within a football team the fact but long story short look the fact that we're even talking about this as a story is simply preposterous.
1: I think that's the whole thing. They want it's people to talk about the
2: Browns right now. Of course, the Browns would need us to talk about this because they need something to distract from how inept they are. I, this is a nonsense story.
1: I do believe she can serve a role on uh, on any sports team. Um, I think what,
2: she. What makes what makes you say any sports team? um
1: simply just because of her background in sports like, like uh what is she, she also she's also on like the um is or was on the selection committee for like uh the ncaa and their playoff selections and, and they're both selections so she but that has means, but the, a background no and she, she has, has a okay. knowledge she, of sports she, from uh, she a, knows an executive that. standpoint is what i what i think right but that's on different. the coaching staff no
2: Right. So that's what I'm talking about. As a front office. If you're talking about a front office person, I have no problems with what you're saying. Right. But if you're talking about any sort of head coaching capacity, like, no, and and no. This, this, this is like saying like fucking Joe Biden is going to wake up tomorrow and be like, you know what? I'm trying to fucking coach. the am leader of men. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like uh, what w- w- what state is he in? uh It's not from Delaware, D- Delaware. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. There's just no team in Delaware. <laughs> Let me choose somebody else. <laughs> um, but no, it's just like anybody waking up being like, oh, I'm going to go coach this team. I, look, I don't care if you sit on the board of some whatever. Doesn't mean shit. Like that's different from the live bullets that're gonna be flying yeah. when you're down there, you know. Uh, so the fact that the Browns I uh, even got themselves wrapped up into this nonsense is just, it's just par for the course. Man, the it's, yeah, it's just it's just the usual for the Browns. Uh, just nonsense.
1: Yeah, no, definitely not. Um, from a coaching aspect, but from a front office uh, aspect, I I I wouldn't hate the idea of her on um anyone's staff. Um, doesn't mean I think she's gonna automatically be successful um but her in, in an executive role on, on on any team i think is something that any team should consider i, I do believe that but uh, coaching no yeah all right that's um, not all right what else take us to school huh film school You wanna oh do shit that? <laughs> yo, <laughs> <laughs> yo,
2: you, you can't just spring some shit like that on me you gotta you got to make sure I'm, uh, I'm with the shits here. Um, yeah, uh, we're definitely going to do a new segment. Uh, we're calling it Film School, okay? Um, we uh, we noticed with a couple episodes ago that uh, we really enjoy talking about all the different elements that uh, are involved in the filmmaking process. Um, and uh, so what we're going to do uh, is... And it's, we're going to kind of fill it out. But... Uh, Jesus Christ. You're just... <laughs> shitting all over my uh, segment here. Um, but uh, essentially what we're going to do is start to talk about, um, some of the different elements of films just like i said um and give you a a perspective on what they are and what's going on because some people might not necessarily be as familiar with uh with those type of elements so uh to start off with we are going to be talking about directors tonight um what they do uh you know what their responsibilities are and some of the myths that are you know that surround uh uh directors and, and and their job and capacities um so okay uh first we start off with what a film director is right um it can be uh extremely expansive uh what the definition of a director is um because like many things in film it depends on what film you're talking about that you measure what the responsibilities of a director are but generally speaking um a director essentially tries to uh bring a screenplay to life it 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 tries to bring that vision uh, from what's written on paper, to, uh, to a screen, you know, yeah. uh, be it the big screen, small screen, whatever the case is, uh, that's really the most broadest definition of a, a film director. Now, what that entails is balancing a whole lot of different elements, right? So, the director, how I, the, the easiest way to I can describe it is, the director is essentially the conductor, uh, of a film. Um, it, uh, he or she um, essentially directs what's going on at any, any given point in time. So for instance, if somebody in the wardrobe department has a question, chances are it's going to be the director that's going to have the final say on whatever that particular issue is. Uh, if and somebody with the music department has a question and date, they, there's also your manager. The is that what, is that what he you're she? saying? Uh, he or she? yeah, essentially, essentially the manager of the film, but so much more than that. Right. Um, because, uh, it's director that has the true vision of what's going on. So while somebody in the, uh, you know, the, the cinematographer might be working on something and they're, they they do not quite understand what's going on. What's what's happening right now. You know, they, they don't quite, they're being asked to do something, but they don't quite see where it's going. Damn sure. Better be the director that has the full vision that knows. Okay. You may not understand what's going on. You may not understand, um, exactly what um the reason why we're asking you to do what you're what you're doing but guaranteed that when it's all wrapped up said and done you'll see that that's why we asked you to do this a certain way why the
1: scene the hue had to be so blue exactly or something
2: yeah yeah um and uh it can be extremely hard to to direct something because um it again you're doing a lot of things at one Time right, uh, where and and it helps to be extremely organized right because. If you're not organized, if you don't have all your ducks in a row, then everybody's going to come together and it's going to be one giant clusterfuck and they're going to point the finger to you as to why this is a clusterfuck, because you aren't doing a good job of playing that conductor and making sure all the music you know, takes place at the the, the correct time. The trumpets come in when they're supposed to come in. The uh, the is the, tubas. The, the tuba's supposed to come, the in when they come in. Whatever the case is, you're supposed to be the one sort of handling the the ebbs and flows of of all of it. Um, And so, yeah, so that's a pretty, pretty broad and somewhat narrow uh, uh, scope of of what a director does. Uh, The responsibilities for a director can range from anything, right? Um, You have some directors who are uh, who also write their own screenplays, or at least in part. We just did the press play on Widows. Uh, Steve McQueen um, uh, was one of the writers for the screenplay which is somewhat typical um, but then sometimes you have it disconnected where um, the director just takes the screenplay that already exists and says okay how do I bring this screenplay to life you know as is you know they might make their sort of um, maintenance to it every now and then of like okay hey we're going to take this scene out we don't need this scene maybe we can touch the scene out but they don't necessarily write the actual screenplay some of them come on extremely early and help craft the actual screenplay from scratch um, or just write it themselves. You know, you have a lot of writer directors, uh, out there as well. Um, but, uh, the director, how I would sort of categorize it there in terms of responsibilities, um, you have to, you have to be at the very minimum of Jack of all trades, master of none, you know, um, where you, you have to understand the language to talk to people, In order to get a good product, and in in order to get the best out of them, um, you have to understand what they're saying and why they're saying it. Uh, Because if you don't, then the communication is going to be all off, and Mm -hmm. shit's going to be fucked up. Uh, So uh, the director has to at least understand somewhat of cinematography has to uh, uh, understand somewhat of audio has to understand somewhat of set design has to understand somewhat of um makeup prosthetics all that good stuff or you know if you start getting into more of like sci-fi stuff or just in general if you just have you know somebody getting shot you know what is that you know know, think about that for a second if you just have something as simple as somebody getting shot you look at it we look at it as uh, in the end product of oh that's like easy no, it's not, you know, there's a, it's, a, it's complicated, you know, how you would go about executing something like that. And as a director, you at least have to have somewhat of a working knowledge of what's going on. And I'll give you an example. Uh, Alexa, uh, Alejandro Inuratu who directed The Revenant. Yeah. Um, they were shooting The Revenant and then they realized the location that they were at. And I forget where they were at exactly, but the location where they were at didn't, uh, it was supposed to have snow, and it was like the warmest year uh the warmest uh uh uh, it was the warmest that that region had been ever uh and so there was like no snow and so they had to basically pack up everything up and take it to somewhere else where they were getting a lot of snow um and that cost the studio millions uh, of dollars to to, uh, uh, to do that um as the director that Rest on your shoulders. I know it's just something about nature and how the fuck you know could you have predicted that, right? But people are going to look to you like, how come you didn't see that fucking coming? How how come you didn't talk to your location, you know, scout scouts and um and figure that out and coordinate that and and figure out okay, well, what are the temperatures generally in this area? What can we predict safely that you know we're gonna we're gonna meet for the shoot, yada yada. So uh, you know, the the director's responsibilities can be. Uh, or are numerous or and should be numerous because it's them that brings all the elements of a film um you know set to to together
1: question um yeah. earlier when you were talking about just managing um the set it, it makes me wonder so basically when you say that, you know, what, what a good manager does is they, they aren't always hands on with whatever the job is, whether it be a restaurant yeah. or some analytics firm or something, mm-hmm. but they're managing the personalities mm-hmm. that are the staff. Well, um, and then you think about a, a good head coach mm-hmm. or, or like a good offensive coordinator mm-hmm. that didn't turn out to be a head coach. And it's because maybe couldn't manage the personalities. So uh, is it typical to see a director who who doesn't take on that role of, I, I'm the last say on everything, I'm managing personalities, and who just says, hey, I'm just here to to get the good shots, to to, to, to say what kind of angles we need, per se, and I got another guy an assistant or, or there's someone else who's tasked to, to handle all those other things that
2: I, I would say it all depends. Right. So uh, there are some directors who you just like with head coaches in, in the NFL, right. You have some who are player coaches, some who are very heavy handed and, and you know, are, you know, about regiments and routines and sticking to them. You know um, it's the same thing with directors where sometimes you might have uh, actor directors or, or, an actor's director, right? Where their job is mainly to work with the actors and actresses uh, in order to get the best out of them. You have some other directors who don't give a shit about any of that, who are all about the process and are all about the cinematography, you know? And the directors can come from any background, you know? So you can have some who are writers and sometimes you, in their films are overwritten. You know, you can always sort of tell, uh, you know, uh, a director w- w- was formerly or, or was brought up Writing because some of their stuff will be either Overwritten or the dialogue Is so like intense You know mm-hmm. um, Or you might have directors we were talking about Tron the other day uh, on our, on our uh, uh, Last show um and his background and again i forget his fucking name for the life of me but uh the director of that um was uh his background was in uh gaming you know and so you see his his uh his movies are beautiful you know they're fucking gorgeous you know because that's what his background was joseph um, uh kosinski okay yeah. yeah yeah. i knew it started with a k i just forgot what it was um coach k <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> for short. um uh, so I and, I and I hope I'm answering your question at least a little bit. Yeah, later. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: because that's one thing that always um was on my mind. How how much um because I, I imagine some directors kind of run the whole show then i was just wondered were there directors who weren't great at managing
2: oh absolutely and, and they just and say but, look but that's but that's why give you give me to,
1: this job the studio needs to find people who that's can manage why, and well answer so, these questions you have
2: your own team right like so for instance yeah. you have ad's right assistant directors mm-hmm. who uh if you have a really strong ad sometimes they may take a lot of that weight off of the director exactly, themselves yeah. you know um uh you know uh, how i sort of look at it is i feel like you have to be in the trenches in order to get the best product in order to have it turn out exactly how you want um it's sort of like thanos in the uh, the infinity war right sometimes you just got to grab that glove and do that shit yourself you know yeah. you can't rely on somebody else to do something and get this or do that because if you do then when it doesn't turn out the exact way where you were hoping now you have an escape goal now you're like oh man i can i can blame this on this person when really no it's your fucking fault for not making sure that shit didn't happen the way that it was
0: supposed to happen that just you know?
1: makes me realize besides that movie i feel like it's been a while or we're not seeing it as much movies where <laughs> the eventual boss says because i gotta do it myself like, I feel but, like that used I, to be a thing I, 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 was, I, I actually like I don't, don't see it know, as much anymore. I
2: don't know. Maybe like in an old action movies, maybe that was a thing. Yeah, it like, was a you know, thing. But, like in the but early I feel 2000s, like sometimes 90s. that happens too late in the movie, right? Like yeah. where it has to happen more towards the beginning where it's just like, and then, that, fuck and then the ending just seems rushed. Exactly. You know, when it's this big boss fight, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, and you, you it's got two like, minutes nah. left
1: in the movie. You're like, Wait, <laughs> this is about to end.
2: Yeah. 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 Um. So, so that's how I see directors. I, uh, you know, my personal belief is, is that in order to get the best, or, or the thing that is closest to your vision, you have to be in the trenches. You can't send somebody else to do your work unless maybe they've been working with you forever and they know exactly what you want, how you want it and can deliver that for you, which, you know, a lot of these older directors I'm sure have it that way, right? Of, you know, they, they work with a lot of crews. Like we were talking about when Leslie, uh, Leslie was here, Leslie Knapper, um, uh, uh, a lot of times these crews travel together, right. Where if you worked on a couple of movies with a the director, they're like, look, you're coming with me from now on, you know, now, now, now it's me and you in this, you know, um, which was, um, a
1: point I think I was trying to make, um, some time ago about, uh, um, uh, Superman. And if, uh, Michael B. Jordan takes it. And, uh, I'm wondering, depending on, who's gonna be d- directing it or whatever whatever if if there's a successful formula that comes with michael B. jordan is there a crew that comes along with it depending on let's just say K- kugler takes it or or I, i'm trying to remember exactly what my point was Then not just make something up but i was trying to um one of my points was that depending on the crew that is brought over is that determines the, the oh. success of that movie yeah, uh I think that's more so than w- the fact that the one movie of, is, I think that's one of the factors the that moment. determines
2: yeah. the success of the movie, but yeah, one of, uh, yeah. I, and I get your point when it comes to that. I think the point that I was trying to make with Ryan, uh, with uh, Michael B. Jordan as um, man of, uh, or uh, Superman. Yeah. The man of steel, but uh, Superman uh, is, is that uh, I don't trust that and almost actually more to your point. I don't trust that in uh, Warner brothers hands at this point. <laughs> I don't, Probably, I, yeah. I don't trust it, you know, and, and, I feel like you'd be setting him up to fail. You know uh, This is my point.
1: And I no, I don't know that it, it'll happen this way. But if I was like, if you're, if you're Ryan Krugler, I mean, if you're um Michael B. Jordan and you accept this role, do you, at, at this point in your career, are you able to flex your muscle and say, Hey, you guys are starting over from, or you guys got a, a, a new actor now. I don't know how much of their, their uh, cast and crew that they're scrapping but are you starting over from scratch? And here is my crew that I've been successful with. When you bring me over, can you therefore bring them over? Right. And the, then let's see what we can do with that. The problem with
2: that though is, is that um, uh, that's not the, that's not, I don't think that's really the problem that WB is having right now with, with a lot of their DC films, right? The problem that they're having Just is a bad that. bad story. They, uh, n- no, no, like, well, yeah, a bad story. But uh, more, the the, the the biggest point, right, um, is, is that they have too much, control creative control in the in the process right so i'll give you an example david ayers right he's a very capable director and he directed suicide squad a very capable director one of his uh, uh end of watch one of my favorite uh, uh cop movies you know um great movie have you, have you watched end of watch with jake gyllenhaal yeah and, uh, and um, michael pena, pena um man. Did I see that? Yeah, I, I did see that one actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I really liked the End of Watch. Thought it was really well done and very nuanced. Uh, and so I'm thinking how somebody can make something like that and then produce something like what was our eventually, you know, Suicide Squad. Um, and the uh, w- w- the story goes that you know David Ayres had basically the film done. It was in the can, and then the studio comes in and says, "You know what." here's what we're going to change for X, Y, or Z reasons, you know, and they chopped the movie up, basically hire a, the, the, the people who did the trailer for it, basically hire them to recut the movie or redo the movie, at least certain parts of it. Um, and you can see just from that, how, even if you are a Michael B. Jordan and you say, Hey, only my crew comes in here. Um, sure. That might be the case that they only hire their crew. But at the end of the day, the studio's still going to come in and say, Hey, this is what we yeah. want this is how we're going to fuck this shit up and we're going to do this do that and that was my whole point with that is is that you know even if you are a really strong director um, and you're trying to bring your vision to life. If you're not, if you don't have a great working relationship with the people that are surrounding you, such as the producers, uh, the production companies, um, then, um, you, you, you know, that great vision is worth, you know, uh, a, a bucket of piss, you know, because it's going to get fucked up in the end anyways, you know, I don't, and, and here's a myth, you know, about, you know, directors or, or in, in maybe in this case, more like writer directors is, you know, um, Uh, only the best screenplays get made and it's like no no Uh, sometimes you can have an excellent screenplay but doesn't get made because there are other people who don't believe in that vision so i think part of your job as a director is to essentially be the cheerleader for the film because making a film takes so much it takes so much energy it takes so much effort from everybody not just one person but from everybody involved in the film everybody has to give it their all right and as the director you've got to be the person who's going around being like hey let's have a fucking excellent day today let's Mm -hmm. let's knock this shit out you got to keep that excitement in the air you got to keep the energy going because if you're down if you're if you're fucking like ugh, fuck this shit every it's it, what, is, it, what 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 is yeah the the guy who worked for trump for like 2 days uh i forget his name anthony something Scaramucci he's like he would he say the fish rots from the head down you know and that's essentially what um you know you know what happens in in, in a film is if you have a shitty attitude Everybody underneath you is gonna have a fucking shitty attitude, you know. If you, if you bring that to the table, so, um, so yeah. And then uh, the the other myth about,
1: especially um, before you get away from that, yeah, because what I usually hear about film sets is how boring they can be, yeah. And
2: well, I'm sure you've heard that from a lot of a- actors or actresses who are extras.
1: Um, well, I've heard that from. Probably a lot of extra, extras too, but just prominent, um, or starring actors, mm-hmm. um, or just even uh, other cast type members. That the film sets can be boring. You're shooting sure. for like eight hours, and yeah. maybe you're you're only shooting for that day. Especially if it's a TV show, mm-hmm. you got to be there, but maybe you're not a part of the show for 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 more than like two minutes of the show. But you got to be there to um. To shoot your scene, and I imagine that can be boring. Sure. Um. So so you would need uh someone who a cheerleader or a director who who keeps your energy up. Yeah. You know, and for everyone.
2: Yeah, yeah. No. It's 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 probably one of the most overlooked, but most I think necessary things when you're trying when you're trying to keep attitudes positive and you're trying to balance a whole lot of different you know personalities. You you have to be able. You have to. Look, I know I'm not a people's person per se, but I know when I need to turn it on for the people. I know when you need to like, all right, somebody needs to crack a joke here in order to like, you know, keep things light, you know, somebody or, you know, you have to know when to get serious with your actors and actresses. If you know it's going to be a difficult scene for them, those little things that they might need. I've I've had actresses and, and actors tell me um, I, I've had some tell me. Because sort of what my style is, is um, I I like to give them the script, but I I don't like to micromanage the way that they handle the script as in like I'll tell them sort of what I'm expecting out of their character. But if I'm giving this to you, that means there's something in you
0: that I appreciate
2: for this particular role. So I'm, I want you to tell me what this character, like you, you bring me the character, you know, don't just try to fulfill what you think my vision of it is. You read it. I saw something in you. I trust you. You'd bring something to me, right? I've had Some people tell me, Oh no, no, line for line. What am I supposed to read? How am I supposed to read it? What expressions on my face? You have others. You're like, Oh, thank God. I can run and and have creative freedom with what I can bring to the character. But you, it's not like there's one process that works perfectly. You have to like adapt it to whoever you're dealing with. And it goes like that for so many of the elements in a film is if I'm working with my DP and I know that their style is this way, I have to sort of adapt what I'm doing in order for me to get that end result of what I want out of this person, knowing how they are, you know? So it's, it's a very tricky thing that you have to like, you just have to experience it in order to like understand it, you know, in order to get a, like a, a a grasp on it. Um, it's
1: funny. We're having this conversation about directors today. Cause, um, today I was watching a Tropic Thunder. Yeah. Which a large part of that movie is about like the focusing on the director and him trying to make this movie. I've never even watched Tropic Thunder. Oh,
2: what? Oh, I've watched only parts of Tropic Thunder. Okay. Well, Tom Cruise part,
1: uh, yeah uh, well he the plays the studio head who uh, yeah. is basically pressing the director to fucking get this shit done and yeah. then the director you see him trying to figure it out yeah. I I think you would like the movie for that sense yeah I I, like, and I, I don't know what movie. kept like
2: <laughs> me from like watching the movie like I, I remember like it oh, would man. be on or something like that and I just be like yeah it's funny like, I and I think you
1: get a really good performance from, I think sometimes uh, I just from everyone a, but yeah, especially Robert, Robert Downey, Downey Jr. I think it's
2: something about Ben Stiller sometimes I'm like I'm just not in the mood to watch a Ben Stiller oh, movie. Man, I don't know. Um, I
1: think you'd appreciate it from the director standpoint.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and I, I I've I've always appreciated movies that uh are, are kind of meta in, in that way they talk about uh you know uh you know directing and and the Hollywood shit, things. you know what yeah. I mean or Yeah. Um, in a movie. Uh one of the myths about directing or maybe the only myth that I'll talk about tonight uh, since uh, since we're, we're running out of time here uh uh is uh barrier to entry uh, for being a director. Right. Uh, I think that, um, there's a lot of emphasis, uh, emphasis that is placed on perhaps going to school, you know, in order to, uh, learn how to be a director. Um, with my own experience, uh, I realized that, uh, at certain point you just have to like, you know, uh, like no true words were spoken other than Nike, just do it, you know, mm-hmm. um, in whatever capacity that is, uh, the only barrier for entry, especially these days, um, is whatever barrier you're trying to create for yourself, because really all you need is a camera. You need maybe an actress, maybe an actor, uh, you need a location, uh, and you need some sound, you know, some, some audio recording equipment and you're off to the fun and, <laughs> and no, no Uh, a lot of times you know sure you, you do need a permit in certain locations certain things that you're doing but that's why you have to uh if especially if you're just starting out work with whatever elements that you have you know if you've got an apartment that you know is your apartment you can use um you that's a location that you have access to that it's uninhibited you know you don't you know, nobody's going to come in and be like, hey, stop shooting here, you know, <laughs> um, you know, uh, use whatever elements you have, especially your if you're just a, your roommate <laughs> for being, you know, an act. I've had, there's been play, shoots where I've had you come through and be like, hey, you doing anything tonight? You know, <laughs> come be in this thing, you know. um, uh, And so, you know, uh, technology has, you know, there, there, there was a point in time when the barrier for entry to be a director was high right like you you uh in order to record on film um you'd need a lot go of stuff for super eight <laughs> you, you well even if you it, and yeah people that's what people did too yeah. right? like uh they, they they recorded on super eight you know and and you know they but then you get into like okay well how do you cut it together you know and and you have that's a specialized kind of thing that you would have to know how to do um and oftentimes you would just send your reel off to go get processed um that's money too, you know, that, that you're using for that. So it used to be that the barrier entry was extremely high, you know? Um, uh, but now in 2018, you know, uh, about to be 2019, look, man, your fucking phone uh, is a camera, yeah. you know, that is a pretty look. Sean Baker with uh, uh, not the Florida project. What was the one he did before that? It was uh, tangerine. Uh, he recorded the entire thing on an iPhone, oh, wow. you know, um. Uh, uh, you know, uh, your you have the the longest uh, short of it is you have the technology at your fingertips, and that used to be the barrier for entry was, uh, uh, this high cost of uh, you know, technology. But now you just it's the shit that you have in your pocket, you know, that 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 can be you know um used. Uh, so really, all you have to have is that and the desire, the the desire to do it and the will to do it. Are the two most important things and i think that's one of the biggest myths is, is that oh my god i need this this is that to, to become a director it's like no you you're a director when you and I, and it's like a running sort of continuous joke right that you know um if, if you you know it, stop saying you're a director like i want to be a director and just be a fucking director like you know there's no like there's no need to talk about it there's no need to like have this fucking existential life debate about it it's just like just go do the shit you know um and so so yeah i will get off my uh horse now and uh yeah, yeah so uh that was uh that was film school for you guys uh who don't go to film school <laughs> um uh hopefully uh, uh, you know we can bring you more segments like this um and uh you know maybe we try to do it maybe once uh once a week um but uh but I, I think that you know learning how the inner workings of a uh, of a film set um uh is sort of designed and and how it flows is important to understanding the context behind some of the movies that you watch and, or shows that you watch and and understanding how everything sort of flows. So when you see something, it might spark that idea and you're like, Oh, this is why this happened. That's why this happened. Or this is, uh, you know, when you hear, you know, when you hear me talk about Steve McQueen and waiting for widows, you understand sort of why, once you understand the job of a director and, and, and all that you know that entails you know and so uh so yeah um I'm, uh, I'm
1: and, and honestly I, I think um the directors is probably a specific segment that i, I consider doing two or three more because i oh, like yeah. to really compare um, some of our favorite directors and oh, talk yeah. about what they do so good or so bad. Oh yeah. Um. So I'd love to get into that too, but that's definitely something for another time. Oh
2: Yeah. Don't even get me started on that. Cause I can, uh, I can talk a mile a minute about different directors and their different styles and yeah. and, and what they brought into the table. I mean, look, we're, we're sitting in this golden age right now. Uh, I think, who I say golden age and, I, and I'm sure people vehemently disagree with me, but I, I think we have a lot of great voices uh, in the industry and, uh, you know, they're doing some really creative things right now. You know, uh, the, the and it's because the playing field's wide open. There's no you know, it's no more just if you went to US USC. And you have a film degree. Suddenly, oh, like you're, you know, you're the, you're the, you're the person, you're the guy. It's like, no, we have, uh, you know, so many women who are, are uh, great directors. Patty mm-hmm. Jenkins, um, uh, uh, she directed, uh, I think, Zero Dark Thirty. Uh, God damn it, uh, Catherine Bigelow. Um, uh you know we we have all the just so many different you know voices like steve mcqueen like i said black director you know and and Uh, ryan um, coagler you know with with you know just so many different voices another
1: uh perspective i want to uh, discuss directors from his um uh big theater films versus sitcoms or or other types of tv shows and music videos because i have so many questions Mm -hmm. or about like what goes into because i I watch a sitcom and i'm like i feel like the cameras is on you there's not much to do (laughs) but i could be totally wrong maybe there There is is. a lot that goes into it that i don't realize but it seems so simple and 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 that's something that like i would like to get more clarification or have a discussion on it yeah i I would say and i think about music videos and i think a lot oftentimes goes into music videos or it could be very simple but, yeah, you know. it,
2: it, 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 again, just like anything else, it all depends on what you're talk like, you know, you're right. Like, you know, if you're directing something on a show Um, chances are they already have their set ways of how they go about doing things. Um, and you're, you're going to find your small areas where you can kind of sort of ad lib a little bit, you know, put your mark on it, but more often than not, they're, you know, stick to the script, idiot. you know? Uh, and, and, and so it's a, that's a really interesting world as well. And, uh, yeah, that, that is a good place to, uh, to explore, but, uh, that's for, uh, that's for another Another time. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. So. Um, yeah I definitely forgot to turn off the air conditioning so <laughs> that's definitely on um, but luckily we're wrapping this thing up so we're not gonna be here too much longer so that won't be a factor uh, ladies and gentlemen um, unless you had something else uh, I think no I'm go ahead. um that's it do, do your wrap up yeah yeah uh, uh, like always we definitely appreciate you listening uh, but um, you know do us a, a solemn uh kindness and hit that uh like button hit that subscribe button uh and you know what since the rain's not here i'm going to channel a little bit of his energy you know what just hit the fucking like button because we talk about some dope shit all right we got to be a little arrogant with
1: it you and know? and right now we live in an age where we're sharing everything i don't know how many things i share per day but you know you know if yeah. you listen to this episode he listening to the show just go and share it share it to a friend just see what they thought especially if it's a movie you watch that you you know you watched with your buddy Get share it to them. Get their takes on it too.
2: Oh, most definitely, most def. Uh And uh, we are, uh, you know, putting out the feelers early. Uh, we are having a, uh, a, a Christmas DVD exchange slash uh trivia night at uh mountain vernon marketplace uh in uh mid-december uh the date is a little bit up in air now um we're still trying to sort of iron that out um but uh but be on the lookout for that and come through please we would love to see your faces hear from you uh if you are a fan indeed of the show uh outside of that uh oh uh we're most likely gonna be doing the next press play, I'm assuming on Creed two unless something drastic happens. Oh, but that's yeah. that's dropping this weekend, uh this coming weekend. So um yeah, if if you if you can go out and see the movie and uh therefore we can uh we can all have uh, some dialogue about it and uh and rapid taste or two about it. So uh with that I think we will uh, go ahead and uh hit the uh, the very usual protocol. Fade out. Peace. Peace out.